Welcome to this week of Benny the Boomer Podcast. We are back here together. Yeah. We took a week off. I was here one week. Boom was here another week. Boom and Spence actually did the show together. Yeah. Um, but I'm back, man. I had surgery last week. You see me in this sling. Yeah. As I, I was talking a few weeks ago about my my my, my skiing incident, <laughs> which I had no business on skis anyways. But my pec, my rotator cuff and labrum are all intact now, finally. Got some staples going along uh, the side of my chest. But we're here, man. What's yeah, going on? We are here. But it's crazy because the doctor – initially told you that it was just a couple of things. Yeah, exactly. Then, then, then they just got in there. Yep. Yeah, then they got in there. He was like, whoa. Yeah, you got a little bit more going on in there. Man, <laughs> which is crazy as hell, man, because it was my pec, my labrum, uh, my rotator, rotator cuff, and I broke my scapula. <sighs> and it's not really much they can do for a broken scapula. You got to kind of just let that thing heal on its own. So, so people, what I'm trying to say is, as a past athlete, we have a lot going on in our bodies that we don't even know that's <laughs> going on. So, but we're glad you're back, Beans. I'm man. glad to be here, man. Yeah, I'm glad to be here as well, man. Man, this is a, a, a interesting week. Um, you got a lot going on in the college football world. You got a lot going on in the NFL and the NBA. And you got a lot going on in our personal lives. And none bigger than leaving this week going on the Buckeye Cruise for Cancer. Oh, absolutely. Um, and I can't wait, man. That's one of the, the, the best times of the year for me. You got February roll around. You get a chance to set sail with a bunch of Buckeye fans mm-hmm. uh, in support of one of the greatest causes I believe that this university, uh, you know, spends a lot of time and donations um, and, and attributes a lot of great causes, too. And that's uh, the cure for cancer. Oh, absolutely. So, you know, that's that time of the year, man. We leave on Sunday. We get a chance to go set sail in the Bahamas. Yeah, it's going to be great, man. Um, last year was my first year going. Mm-hmm. It was a great time. I'm very excited that I was able to make it this year. Thank you, Lisa. Well. Thank you, Chris, as oh, always. Yeah. Hey, absolutely. Um, they do a great job. I mean. To have that many people, especially Buckeye fans, on a big cruise ship is a great thing. And uh, it's a lot of fun, man. And um, it's a great cause. If you guys want to know more about it, they just talked about it on Letterman Live 2 at Roosters with Nicole from Roosters. So they did a big segment on yeah. everything about the Buckeye cruise, what happens. You know, you don't have to be rich to be on the cruise. You mm-hmm. don't have to spend millions no, at auctions and stuff like that. So, right. you know, if you know anybody who's listening to the podcast, thinking about the cruise, you guys can obviously talk about it, but Nicole from Roosters also talked about it for like 10, I think about 10 minutes, right in the middle of Letterman Live. Yeah, I'm not one of those people that you can go to and, and ask is it sold out because I don't know, but I know it's always jam-packed. We leave on Sunday, so it's probably oh, sold we, at this point. But oh, nonetheless, moving forward, join that thing, man, because it's a hell of a time. All we know, it's, it's a great experience. It, it is. And if, if you love – Buckeye sports, not just football. Right. You got basketball. You got all the sports. You know, yes, indeed. a lot of great people on there, man. If you love that and you want to be around those people, you'll have a great time. A big shout out to Roosters, man. Yeah. Big shout out to Roosters. Roosters has been a, a huge sponsor um, along with the Buckeye Cruise for, or with the Buckeye Cruise for a number of years. Mm-hmm. And they always do it upright, man. So, oh, yeah. big shout out to Roosters as well. But yeah, man, yeah, diving yeah. in, man. We, we got this, this story, uh, you know, that just broke last night with two Ohio State football players mm-hmm. um allegedly raped somebody and they were charged um and very disturbing man, it is man it, i, I want to say it's amir reap and, and, and what's the other kid's name J- J- wit jason went mm-hmm. i mean that's awful and you know anytime you hear about you know somebody having those type of allegations i mean your eyes and your ears and everything perks up like what the hell is going on mm-hmm. and this situation is it's scary um yeah. One, obviously, we don't have all the details about what trans what transpired, yeah. but 
you know, with the story out there, we, we got to hit on it a little bit. Yeah. And this one hits so close to home because it's right down the street here. Yeah. Uh, you know, I hope, um, you know, things get resolved and, uh, you know, whether they did it, then obviously they're punished. If they didn't do it and what have you. But, man, that's so freaking scary. Yeah. But I think the university and Ryan Day uh, are doing the right things right now. We're coming out and saying, you know what, these guys are going to be suspended first and foremost. And then obviously they're, if they're charged and everything, they're going to be kicked off the team. I think that's uh that's inevitable. Not just and, the team, though. I think it's a uh, it's a university rule. Oh yeah, I mean, but I'm, to, I'm saying they're going to be kicked yeah, off. But I mean, yeah. hell, they're going to have a, a lot harsh, uh, a lot harsher penalties yeah. awaiting them. You know, more so than being just kicked off a football team if yeah. that uh you know does come about. But yeah. scary, right. scary situation. I, obviously, like I said, we don't have all the details, but we wanted to bring it up because we know everybody's out there. Um, you know, Wondering, reading that story, thinking, yeah. clicking on Letterman Row, yeah. clicking on all the the outlets that have it. Um, but man, I, I I just hate hearing stories like that because you know when you heard the whole deal that went down with Baylor, um, and, and how that affected that program for a number of years. Um, you, you definitely don't want anything like that associated with a university, um, that has such prestige, uh, as Ohio State, um, and with the fact that. You know, with this football team, we just had a great season. Yeah. Ryan Day's coming off of a phenomenal year in his first season, mm-hmm. and then have to deal with this on the back end. I mean, yeah. it's not going to be, uh, you know, peachy cream. Yeah. Another thing that really kind of sucks about this whole thing is uh, these are two guys who actually graduated already, right? And they had the opportunity to come back and be a part of a great football team and a great coaching staff, and for them to Rick was uh, a kid who played at times. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah. he was the guy that came in for for Wade when he went down. Well, when he got kicked out of the game, mm-hmm. but it's like you know, you just hate for these type of situations to happen to um, anybody. But you know, especially Ohio State players, because it's like, you know, you guys are obviously on a on this pedestal at this university mm-hmm. where our standards are, are very high. Right. We don't do things like this. We don't handle our business like this. And we don't know all the details, so I, I don't want to dig into it and, and, and try to bash these guys. But, you know, you just have to be smart. You have to make better decisions. That's the number one thing. You got to be you smart. Know. You got to make better decisions all the way around. And with there being two guys, you know, you, you would think that one of them would be, you know, common sense to click and say, hey. Right. And, again, like you said, we don't know all the details, yeah. so we don't know what happened. But, nonetheless, not putting yourself in these type of situations. Right. right. Um, I, I know kids are in college and you want to do, yeah. you know, silly things. But you, you got to be mindful, um, you know, of the situations that you're putting yourself in because it can affect you down the line. And just let this situation be a lesson. Um, like I said, we, I'm, I'm going to keep saying we don't have all the details because we truly don't know what transpired yeah. until everything has came out. But let this be a lesson to younger guys out there. You better be careful. I, yeah. I always say it. You learn the best. I learn the best from watching other people's mistakes. Oh, man. You don't have to go through it. You don't got to bump your own head. Uh, we, we've seen this story many a times before. I um, mean, we've seen it go both ways. But but nonetheless, it's a situation you got to be mindful of. You got to watch where you're, you're pitting yourself, uh, what, what type of position you're pitting yourself in because, yeah. you know, it could affect your future drastically. Oh, oh. But moving along from that situation, Please. man, let's, <laughs> let's get away from it real quick. Uh, but we had to hit on it. Yeah, man, a situation transpired this week that I did not anticipate whatsoever. That was Luke Fickle. One, not, not even just that was Mark D'Antonio stepping down from the job at Michigan State. Well, that was I mean, when I first seen it. It came very by 
surprise, especially at this time of the year. This is a very important time of the year. Exactly. Big time of recruiting, big time of, you know, getting 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 ready for, you know, spring ball the season, you know. So mm-hmm. it's like, hmm, February? February? <laughs> like you, you really just going to check out? So it make you start thinking, like you said, I mean. Was this before signing day or just after signing day? The night before signing Oh, my gosh. The night before signing day, this yeah. transpires. Yeah, so then you got – and if you look at their recruiting class, it wasn't it wasn't right. good at all. So the whole situation was kind of – it was kind of sketchy, kind of sketchy looking and it's, it make you look – make you wonder, like, you know, do they have something coming well, on? Well, they, they do. They absolutely do. They're, they, they're, you know, been under fire. You know, that football program is, you know – been under fire. You got a, a former coach suing the program. Yeah. Um, and then you had a, a kid on the football team. Um, and, and people were saying that Mark D'Antonio ignored the signs that this kid had. Um, I think it was kind of what, like a assault or sexual assault or some, mm-hmm. something of that nature. So this program is definitely going to be under fire. So you could see good reason for him to say, you know what, let me walk away um, right now at this point. But I think the more important thing was that if you look, I saw a report that said in every January he had this clause in his contract where he was able to get oh he got paid. Know, a couple million dollars he, a couple he, million dollar bonus every January he got that so <laughs> it made sense for him to wait a month later he after his he money. got his <laughs> his bonus that he had in his contract to, to right. decide to step down but yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. what's it do for the program I mean that's going to be a, a, a great question because for a number of years. Mark D'Antonio had Michigan State back in the thick of things. Oh, you know, they yeah. went to the college football playoff. Uh, you know, they were in the in talks in, in terms of, you know, winning uh, the Big Ten championship and, you know, being a competitive team that at times had Ohio State's number. Oh, no, they, um, they he was damn good in his 13 years there at Michigan State. One of the best coaches, in my opinion, uh, they ever come through that university. Obviously, you got Nick Saban He's um, the most winning well. coach at Michigan State, I believe. I, mean, I, I wouldn't doubt that yeah. at all. And – you look at, you know, where they were, then you look at the tail off the past three years. Yeah. You gotta see, you know, people are only gonna be patient for so long, especially right now in the era in which we're in where, you know, we want success and we want it now. We don't wanna have to wait. We want top tier recruits. Yeah. Michigan State is a place that can get success yeah, and get top tier recruits because he's shown it. Because they've done it before. And like you said, um, they've they've kind of went through some hard times with recruiting. Um, losing some games that they probably should have won. Mm-hmm. Um, been at the number. bottom of uh, <laughs> been at the bottom of the Big Ten. Well, not the bottom, but you know, they made a bowl game, but it, was, it wasn't like a All right. The past three years just hasn't been great for them. Yeah, so it's like, and then you you had some people wondering, like, okay, does this guy get fired now? So it's like maybe maybe it was something where he knew it was coming and he wanted to do it before he got fired. I mean, we don't know all the details, well, but go ahead. One of the things I think you got to look at too is you just said he's the winningest coach all of all time at Michigan State. So, with that being said, I don't necessarily know that you want to fire that guy, mm-hmm. right? You want to allow him but it's to kind of state though they, they they do some strange things. I'm well, not saying. Yeah, I mean, I agree at times, but I think we've watched Michigan State make a transition with their football program. Mm-hmm. When I first got to Ohio State, Michigan State had John L. Smith as their coach. <laughs> I remember John L. Smith being in an interview smacking himself. Yeah. That's how weird John L. Smith was. Yeah. Um, so to watch the transition from him to Mark D'Antonio, watch the success that they've had on not just the football aspect, but just athletics in general. 
you know, coupled with, you know, basketball and, you know, having the ability to make the runs that they've made on the, on the opposite side. But just looking at them as a sports university, right. they were successful in their two main sports. And, and with that being said, I don't know if you want to pit that asterisk and say we had to fire our football coach. Yeah. You probably bring him in and say, hey, you know, we're, we're leaning towards firing you. Right. But we're going to give you the opportunity to walk right. out on your own yeah. accord so you can still be held in high regard here at the university right. for when you do come back or if you do decide to stick around and help usher in a, a new regime and a new coach. Right. I don't think you want that black eye saying, oh, he was fired. And, you know, it just leaves a, a, a distasteful feeling in your mouth when you have that. Yeah. Well, I mean, we look and see what they what a couple guys that they were going after. And one, one of the major guys that they wanted to get was a guy that we we're very familiar with was was Coach Fickle. Mm-hmm. Um, he had the opportunity to go down there and, and get interviewed. And honestly, I, I'm I honestly thought that Fick was going to take the job. But then when I I heard, which is I didn't hear till a couple of days ago that he declined the offer mm-hmm. you know, to take the job. But when I heard, I'm like, why? I mean, obviously Michigan State. No knock on Cincinnati, but Michigan State obviously is, is a bigger school. Obviously. I'm sure he could could have got paid more money, you know. Hey, I think Michigan State's a job you can have longevity at. Too. Yeah, yeah, but you know, when I seen that he declined the offer to to take the job, I was like, "Wow, why would he do that?" You know what I'm saying? Because I was like, I was kind of hoping that he went to Michigan State, you know, because <laughs> it's kind of like close to my backyard. It's right. like you know, and Fick is my guy, and you know, so it's like it'd be cool to have you know somebody you know go around a program. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, exactly. Get it. But as, as I started looking at it and start. Like understanding, like okay, at Cincinnati, Fick has had the best re- recruiting class that I think Cincinnati has basically almost ever had. You know, I think they got four four star recruits this year. That's that's big time. But heck yeah, for school um, like Cincinnati. Yeah, I think I, I think they got the I think they got one of the top quarterbacks. I believe it was. Um, What's his name? You got his name? Evan Brinder. Evan, Evan Prater. Evan Prater. Evan Prater. Yeah, one of the top quarterbacks. And then you go and look at. Michigan State's recruiting class, I don't think they even have a four star on their right. on, on their recruiting class, which is crazy. So it's like, do I leave to walk into a situation where, you know, they may have some allegations that's coming along mm-hmm. and they don't have a good recruiting class? You know, the season that they had last year wasn't the greatest season. Right. Do I walk away from something that's rising and going in the right direction to walk into something that's terrible? I mean, yeah, all you know, you know how they say all money ain't good money. Mm-hmm. You know, you're gonna be making money, but are are you about to put yourself in a situation where okay, I'm gonna make some good money for a couple of years, everything's not gonna go right, and I'm gonna be the next guy getting fired because yeah, that's what you don't want. I mean, you you want to go in a situation where you're gonna be comfortable and you feel like you got an opportunity to grow, and I think it probably had more so to do with the fact that you don't know what's coming from Michigan State. Right, there may be some. Sanctions that come down with this program, and and he he's went through that before, so right. he knows how that can carry. You know so. exactly. I mean, you lose scholarships, you lose things like that. I mean, I don't think you want to go into you don't want to be a new head coach going into that situation if that's going to be the case. Right. But I can see that being a scary situation. That yeah. would have been a scary situation, and I still think it's going to be a very scary situation for Ohio, the state of Ohio, and it's recruiting. If Fickle would have went there, mm-hmm. but. Fickle didn't decide to go there. Fickle stayed. He still does a great job recruiting Ohio. But we got a guy. What I'm saying, we. I'm like, like I'm Michigan State. But this guy has Buckeye ties hey. that did take the head coaching job mm-hmm. um, that I think is a phenomenal coach, and that's Mel Tucker. Mel Tucker was 
here at Ohio State when I was being recruited. Actually, one of the first guys to 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 start recruiting me. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm at a camp and he pulls me from the side. Hey, man, you know what's it going to take for you to be a Buckeye? And this is like I'm I'm what I'm probably 14 14 years old at the point in time at, at camp, and you got Mel by Tucker. The, by the way, Beanie has looked the same since he was 14 <laughs> 15 years old. Same size and everything. <laughs> well, not now, but, but right. you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> but you got Tuck. You know. Pull him over and Tuck is this cool dude, suave. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he can a smooth talker, but just all around cool cat. Yeah. And he recruited, you know, the Northeast Ohio area. He's the one that started the Glenville Pipeline. A lot of people don't know about that. Mel mm-hmm. Tucker was the individual who started that Cleveland Glenville Pipeline to Ohio State. People mm-hmm. always talk about the relationship between Jim Tressel and, and Coach Gann. It wouldn't have been existed if Mel Tucker wouldn't have been in, in place here at Ohio State. I'll tell you that much. Mm-hmm. But this is a guy who takes a job, who who coaches under D'Antonio. Mm-hmm. Um, at, at some point in time, D'Antonio was a defensive coordinator here, and, you know, him and uh, Tuck and Fickle were both assistant coaches. So he knows the landscape of Ohio very well, and you look at what he was able to do last season in yeah. Colorado. Yeah. Colorado was an atrocious team. Trash. Very bad. Last year they had some success. I don't know whether they were 8-4 and four or what, but I know they started off the season very hot, mm-hmm. and they looked to be ascending in the right direction. Um so I'm excited about, you know, the direction Michigan State can go in for the Big Ten um, and for Mel Tucker. And yeah. it makes me think that that Mark D'Antonio – He probably could have put, put a good word in. Oh, without also. question. Yeah. These th- This decision makes me think that Mark D'Antonio had something to do with the hire yeah. oh, that absolutely. was going on in Michigan yeah. State. Yeah. You look at who they were. I mean, we didn't hear about any other names, Luke Fickle, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden it was Mel Tucker. Mm-hmm. Those are Mark D'Antonio's guys. Those Absolutely. guys were position coaches under him. So he yeah. hand to me in my mind, I'm saying he handpicked those individuals. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, for Michigan State to go and hire him. Michigan State knowing that, okay, Mark D'Antonio hasn't led us astray. Mm-hmm. We believe in you know what he what he had shown us here and we can we can trust him. Why not go out and pick some guys that, mm-hmm. you know, he believes could be very good coaches and has good track records on their own anyway. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting, but the more interesting thing, too, is, like, I don't know if you've seen the tweet. Mel Tucker said the tweet was it two nights ago that uh, I appreciate the interest from Michigan State, and I'm honored for the interest, but I'm Colorado strong. I'll be here at Colorado no, moving forward. For real? Two days later. <laughs> you got that tweet verbatim? Can you read that for us? Cut, cut, your, cut your mic on. So oh, you man, that is hilarious. <laughs> I, don't know. Hey, I, I, I didn't see that. So, hold on, real quick, too. We got a new producer. Intro yourself on being in the Boom the Podcast. We got Spence back there, but we got somebody new. Well, thanks. I'm Colin. I'm a junior at Ohio State. <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, Appreciate you, Colin. Still looking for this tweet. I wonder if he might have deleted it this morning. You know what? He I may have. He may have deleted it. I should have screenshot it. <laughs> I absolutely should have screenshot it because it was crazy to sit there and watch. Uh, or not watch, but just look at the tweet and then hey, you hear all the reports money, come out. Money changed things. Exactly. You know? Money exactly. changed things. And from what I'm hearing, I, I think they he were doubled up, right? I think they were doubling his salary. And then they were also um, you know, doubling his coaching pool salary. I think we have the tweet put up. Yeah, I got it. So he said, while I'm flattered to be considered for the head coach job at MSU, I'm committed to uh, CU Buffs football for the build of our program. It's great athletes, coaches, and supporters. Hashtag unfinished business. Three days ago. Yep. <laughs> Three days ago. And then you take this job where you're getting some big bucks. Did 
I bigger wondered, bucks because he was making damn good money already at Colorado. And they made that decision pretty quick too. Yeah. Like usually, you know, when somebody get interviewed, they you know they may have to come back for a second interview mm-hmm. or something. They made that happen in like no time. Well, you got to do it because, like you said, we're getting ready for spring ball. Yeah, and it's recruiting. We time. just finished up, you know, um, signing day. Yeah. You want to get these guys in the house. You want to get them familiar with the coach. Uh, that makes and then sense. you want to, you know, get everybody acclimated to how you are going to be instituted in this new regime. Mm-hmm. Um, and then hell, like you said, you got to get on the road recruiting. At the mm-hmm. end of the day, that's what college football mm-hmm. is geared around, and that's recruiting. What are you going to do, and who are you going to bring me to bring me back to the promised land, or bring me back to some level of success? Yeah. And I personally think they got it right. Yeah. Um, I like Mel Tucker. Yeah. I think he's great for the Big Ten. I think, yeah. I think it's going to be a little bit scary for Ohio when you got a guy that can recruit like him coming into the state and giving Big Ten scholarships yeah. and, and tossing them around. He's going to Northeast Ohio. He's going yeah. to Southern Ohio. And, and you say you got a scholarship to a place like Michigan State that you know eyes are going to be on. Yeah. You're going to play Ohio State. You're going to play Michigan. You're going to play some big games. Well, that's the thing. Which like, kids want. Yeah, that's the thing. I always feel some type of way when a coach that coached at Ohio State mm-hmm. and goes somewhere and, and takes a job somewhere and knowing that he got to come back and play us, it's like, ah, Shit, they got some inside in. <laughs> Shit, I don't even worry about the play. I just worry about the recruiting aspects. Like, man, because you – I mean, the whole nine, though. He knows these coaches. Yeah. He's been he, in these offices That's what before. I'm saying. He, he knows – He knows all, a lot of land all the landscape, man. And, and and that's going to be scary. But nonetheless, I think Michigan State did a good job with the hire. Fickle, I was shocked just like you were. But Fickle did say, and he said it what, last year when he, I think he got a new contract or whatever, you know, I want to be in Cincinnati for the next 10 years. Um, and talking about his kids and his family, we know Fick got a bunch of kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fick got more kids than I can count. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it seems like yeah. he always pushing them out. Uh-huh. Uh, well, he ain't pushing them out, but you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, Mrs. Fick, right. I mean, great woman as well. <laughs> uh, but nonetheless, he said he wanted to be there to have some stability for his family. Right. And I, I get all of that. And I know last year he turned down some head coaching opportunities elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And I, I think he was right for doing that because I don't think you leave Cincinnati, a place where you can have stability, gain uh, – you know, the notoriety and make a lot of money mm-hmm. to go to some of the places that he had offers from last year. Yeah. But it'd be interesting to see make- if another situation pops up this following season. You say USC or one of those other bigger names pop up. Does Fick, you know, jump on board and say, you know what, I got a boat Cincinnati because this situation is too good for me not to. Well, Cincinnati knows that in the near future, they're going to have to up the pay. Right. They're going to do something. 100%. I think it's what getting three million dollars right now a year. Yeah, and that's but, damn good at Cincinnati. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But at the end of the day, if he keeps staying, like I need to be paid like a a top ten coach, you know. And I'm willing to bet if he's getting three million dollars now. I don't know if you can look this up, Colin. Look up his coaching, his salary, and what he's making. But I'm willing to bet after you turn down a Michigan State opportunity, you got to be going to the AD and saying, "Hey, hey, now, nah. you, you see what hey. they just gave <laughs> Mel Tucker right, over here, right?" I'm gonna need something. Exactly. You better give me a bonus. <laughs> you gotta be something you in the mix. Give me an extra meal, meal and a half or something, man. Um, <laughs> hey, hey, it's so crazy, man, because coaches coaching is crazy how Col- oh Colin got that salary. All first. right, go ahead. Two point four right now, two point four million a year. Oh, it's probably jumping up three point five. Yeah. I I can see it jumping up to that right now. I think they need to do that before the season starts. Oh, they got to. They got to. After you turn on that coaching job at Michigan State where you know your salary they, is going to be double. Yeah. They have to do something before the season starts. 
without for sure. And he has one of the top recruit. Well, not not. I mean, he's one of the better recruiting classes Cincinnati has ever They've had. Been winning. They've been looking good. Yeah. Only only game that they took a big loss was was against was was against Ohio State. Right. Every, everything else. Did they win the? Uh, what what they? In? Oh, they are. They did. No, they didn't win the conference. Okay. <laughs> they lose to Memphis, I believe. Yeah, yeah they sure yeah. did. Yeah. But but Memphis is a team that's yeah, they're, they're some, they're pretty good. Solid, man. That's yeah, one of the top teams in the yeah. conference. Michigan or Memphis and and Cincinnati. Um, but yeah, man, I'm just interested to see how all this affects the recruiting in the state of Ohio, yeah. and, and that's one thing. Another another crazy thing is like, you look at the big picture. I was seeing stories. You know, if Fick would have took the Michigan State job, mm-hmm. who is going to be uh, Cincinnati's head coach? Then you got to come back to Ohio State. And they were saying that Kerry could have took the Cincinnati job. Kerry. That would have been real interesting watching Kerry Combs just come to Ohio State and say, "That's you know what I'm what? saying. I got a boat for Kenny <laughs> Patches, where I'm from, right? Area I'm familiar with, which I think Cincinnati probably would have went that direction. Or you could have looked at even more Buckeyes. I just love the Buckeye lineage that we're talking right now on the show yeah. with coaching jobs because you got to look at Marcus Freeman too. Exactly. That's a guy that's been in the program, defensive coordinator. The defense has been ultra successful down there. He's young. He's energetic. He can recruit. Yeah. And he's Fickle's protege. Yeah. And. I, I don't know if I mean a lot of y'all probably don't know, but when I talk about, I don't know if I've ever seen a father son relationship in terms <laughs> of you know you got a coach and a player, yeah, yeah. that's your son. Right. I don't care what's going on, you recruit him, <laughs> but that's your goddamn son. Right? Like Luke Fickle and Marcus Freeman, yeah. that is his son. Yeah. I don't care what nobody say. <laughs> you can go back and talk to to Heartline, Laurinaitis, yeah. James Laurinaitis. He's, he's in that room. Yeah. They will tell you. Luke Fickle mm-hmm. is Marcus Freeman's father. No disrespect to Marcus <laughs> Freeman's real father. No disrespect whatsoever. But those two. He the baby. <laughs> no, that relationship, though, is awesome. No, anybody, I understand what you're saying. But, but the, the relationship is so awesome to even watch it go beyond, you know, just him coaching him. Like, man, they, you they brought him on in the long they have in probably, his coaching journey. They have probably spent more time each other, t- together in the past 10 years than oh, with anybody families. else. Oh, without question. More than, probably more than his even his own kids. Without question, man. You know? I, I love stories like that too. Yeah. I'm joking about it, but I actually love it because yeah. you know you don't get enough of those type of stories. It's almost like you hear so much all the time where uh, a coach recruits a guy and that's it. Once he's done playing for him, he can't serve me any purpose anymore. He's not going to win me any games. But to watch a guy like that, and hell, man, I didn't even think about that, bro. That just will make <laughs> – Luke Fickle's re- recruiting story and his pitch even more magnified when he goes and sits in the living room of these college kids mm-hmm. and their parents and say, hey. I could have took a, a big-time job, but I want to stick here and stay here. No, not even that. You see this guy right here sitting in the living room with me? Yeah. That's a guy that I recruited out of high school. Mm-hmm. Situations didn't go right for him in his in one career in which he wanted with the football, but you see where he is right now. He's coaching. Because I believed in him, and he believed in me, and we believed in each other, and we're, we're able to sticking go, together. bro. Maybe I should go in the recruit, man. That was a good line right there. Man. I believe in him, he believed in me, and we're together. I'm sure somebody used you to know. No, man, but that's a uh, that's sweet right there, though. It is dope. Um, I want to transition though, man. What we got uh, over the weekend. Well, not this weekend. It was whenever it was the XFL. Started oh, their new league, bro. Uh, we seen a lot of Buckeyes. We yes. seen twelve gauge get out there and and just destroy the game. Mm-hmm. You know, um, funny thing. Uh, another funny thing. He is so funny, man. 
Did you see the tweet about uh, him going to the hospital playing the kid in uh, the video game? Mm. And they were saying that he beat the kid. Uh, I forgot what the score was, like 79 or something. <laughs> so he come back and say, y'all going to stop disrespecting me. The score was 98 to 13 or whatever. <laughs> dude just hilarious, man. Bro, the biggest but, personality that I know, man. But, but great dude, man. Uh, the XFL, I actually enjoyed it. Um, I wanted to kind of get your – your take on it, but I actually uh, enjoyed it. I seen a lot of guys who um, I either played against or played with, and um, it was cool to see some guys get some opportunity. Obviously, it's not the NFL, but it's it's a it's another league where guys can show their talent and have an opportunity to get back into the NFL. So I thought it was great, man. It was fun to watch. Um, it was cool. Spence, you got something? If you're Cardale, like you guys know Cardale pretty well, and like right. he's been on the program, and he's very raw when he's on here, just like he says whatever's on his mind, right? right and right. that video game thing was hilarious. Yeah, like, it was hilarious. You better respect me. Right. I scored ninety on this kid. Right. It was like some kid in the hospital. Right. <laughs> but if you're Cardale, everybody keeps talking about, well, this is an NFL audition. This is an NFL audition. Why wouldn't you want to be the face of the XFL? Because in the NFL, if you have like three bad games, if you go to the NFL from the XFL and you have like three bad games. Your ass is done. Yeah. Where if you're in the XFL and you have a bad game, it's like who are they going to replace you with? Right. Philip I, Nelson? Because I, I watched that game with you know he's the backup for Dallas. Yeah. Without Landry Jones, they scored what like six points. Yeah. Like if if Cardale stays in the XFL and this league is actually successful for two years, like Vince says it, it can be. I think it would be. Like why would you? He's the face of the league. Yeah. He is the league. Yeah. Was, I I completely agree with you. And you look at the fact that. You know the the upper echelon quarterbacks. I was reading something. They got an opportunity to make five hundred grand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I get that the money is is completely different. Well, five hundred grand is great that's, money. I mean, that's, but that's the base in the NFL, right? Whereas like this is like high end in mm-hmm. at the XFL. But like if your revenue continues to come in and the TV Which deals, it is. the TV keeps saying that it's it's working because it's on it's not on CBS Sports Network like the AAF was. Right. It's on Fox and ESPN and ABC, so people can watch it. Like if if you're the face of that league in the spring football league. How do you not stay there rather than go to the NFL? I think it's kind of, I think it's kind of disrespectful to Cardale into the league as a whole. People aren't taking it seriously enough when they say like, "Oh, he could make this into an NFL gig." No, he can make this into an XFL gig. I 100 percent agree. I think it's going to be successful because you have Vince McMahon, who went through the ringer the first time. Mm-hmm. He experienced what it was like, okay, to come out and start this this new program, right? Mm-hmm. NFL, but not only to fail, but I got an opportunity to see what it was like, understand some of the pitfalls that I had, and look, I'm watching the NFL right now take a bunch of shit in which I implemented and put it into their league. They didn't have sky cams. They didn't have all these in-depth, you know, interviews or these exciting things going on. It was just straight football. That's it. We're going to interview these guys after the game. We're going to talk about the game. That's it. They didn't have behind the scenes going into the locker room. No. That was all Vince McMahon. And now you see even more groundbreaking things than what he's doing. Dude, the in-game interviews are priceless. Yeah. You talk about a fan experience? Yeah. That's the ultimate fan experience to where a kicker makes a kick. I can go up to the kicker if I'm a reporter and say, what, what the hell happened? What happened right there towards <laughs> you made the kick? Right. And the guy has to give an uncut, raw interview. It's like, I'm not preparing for this. This is in-game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, people can sit there and say that it's too much, but it's so different from the NFL yeah. that you don't get that. There's an opportunity – uh, I believe we will see this. I know the NFL, without question, will take into consideration what we saw in these games at the XFL, and that was when they were reviewing calls, the officials are viewing calls. There's a microphone 
in there with the official guys, not the not just the officials, the people upstairs reviewing the call, mm-hmm. and them talking over what they're seeing, what they're going through. That's something that you want to give to the public. Mm-hmm. You want the fan to experience that so they can be on the same accord so we're not sitting here talking about, oh, man, what, what are if? they doing to make yeah, a decision with this yeah. call, as we do on plenty of Sundays in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I just think it's so groundbreaking some of the things that we're doing. And then you see the kickoff. Yeah. I, that I brings the kickoff that. back. Yeah. That situation, the NFL is going to adopt mm-hmm. because it, the kickoff is an exciting play. Yeah. But you also but, don't want to risk people getting hurt. I was about to say, it's so dangerous. I mean, obviously, you know, I was a guy that played a lot of special teams. And that was the first thing that I, I had noticed because mm-hmm. I had missed, like, most of the game. But I had caught it when it was doing kickoff. And I was like, I like the way that they do kickoff because it's like, you ain't running down there full steam and big, big collisions and guys getting concussions, getting hurt. It's more short, short distance. Guy can make a, a block, and if if he can get off the block, he can make the play. If the guy, you know, and then the returner, it's easier for the. It's, I, I'm not gonna say it's easier for the returner, but I just, it's just better. Yeah, can you look up the average salary in the XFL for me? Um, but the fact that you have another league, like you said, a spring league, to where now I think, like I said, I think this thing is gonna blow up. I think this thing is gonna grow because. They got NFL talent on those rosters. Yeah. I don't care what nobody say. You can say, oh, this is why you're not. No. They got NFL talent on those XFL rocks, rosters. And we all know, as being players, former players in the NFL, it's it's hard, man. No, not even as hard, bro. It's all about the right situation. You get into the right situation, you can succeed. You got that number? Yeah, yeah they're paying them. <clears throat> so most players, 55000 And then, like, the elite quarterbacks are 500000 Yeah, so, so you look at that right that there, right? That is crazy, though. Yeah. You got an opportunity to make some good money, and I believe the salaries will indeed go up as contract TV contracts go up and as the success of this league goes up. But now it's no longer a situation to where you got guys coming out in college football like, damn, I can't go to the NFL. I don't necessarily want to go to Canada because I want to stay here. All right, let me try the XFL. Guys like, say, a Braxton Miller. Mm-hmm. A Braxton Miller, him coming to the league, and obviously we know the situation with his shoulder, but him going – and saying, you know what, man, I don't want to play a right receiver. I want to play a quarterback. All right, mm-hmm. let me take the, my talent to the XFL. And, and oh, he, I got a huge following behind me cute. already. Yeah. Let me take that to whatever team I go to in the XFL and see what I can do at this level. Mm-hmm. Dude, you got so many more avenues because you got the NFL, you got the XFL, you got the CFL. That hey. alone is going to drive – and it's, it's going to be good for the NFL too because it's going to drive we, – we've been talking so much about, you know, the parents um, – of kids saying, you know what, we don't want our kids to play football because from a safety aspect and uh, all, all the concussion issues and so mm-hmm. on and so forth. But now it's like, all right, you can make a living somewhere else that isn't the NFL. Right. It isn't the same amount of money, but it's a living doing something that you love and is good money. You got another avenue. Mm-hmm. So more opportunities here. And I believe this thing will grow into more teams and it'd be just as big. And you know, like, I don't know, people can't get enough of football. Right. They can't get enough of it, bro. Yeah. I'm sitting here it's, waiting. It's per- perfect timing. Oh, perfect timing. Perfect bro. timing for it. We're sitting here waiting, like, what the hell is yeah. next? Like, basketball is so great, but basketball is great in the playoffs. Yeah. It's a long ass season in the NBA that I don't necessarily want to watch all 82 games until it gets to the tail end to where I'm watching teams fight for, you know, seeding in the playoffs. Yeah, it's crazy. I seen one of my guys that I had trained with when I was coming out for the uh, for the NFL Combine. He had played, got drafted, I think, like in, in third round. He ended up getting hurt. Like tore his knee up like two like two or three times. He hasn't played in, in the NFL for like four years. Mm-hmm. He decided that he wanted to do like a like a comeback. Came back, you know, did recovery, got in shape, 
end up signing with an uh, XFL team, he was balling the other day. I think right. he had like four sacks. And it's like, okay, now that he's healthy and he, he's back playing, he's probably going to get an opportunity maybe at the NFL again. Right. So it, and it's, it's, it's going to be some of those guys that do get NFL opportunities. Yeah, yeah. so it's it, it, like you said, it's definitely another good take for guys to get another opportunity to, to play. You, you know, but if you could be a star in this league, I like it, man. I like yeah, the chances, man. Yeah. You, you know they're going to put all eyes on you. Yeah. I mean, we just go back to, to he hate me. Yeah. Like, like <laughs> we don't even know his real name. And, and right. I'm glad at this he point you're not though. doing all of that. You you're know, right. now I'm glad they're putting real names. But think about the the level of exposure that those guys had. And you know, that was, what, 15 years ago, right? Yeah. Something like that. Maybe 20 years 12, ago. I was about to say, it might have been 20. And I'm still remembering he hate me. I mean, yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? So because everybody mean, knew that name, it was big as hell in the back of the jersey too. But he was, was a good. baller, though. Exactly. Yeah. It was more so he was good in <laughs> yeah. the way that they were marketing it. Um, they were taking their helmets off and everything, oh, bro. Time, it was man. Crazy. This league is. I, I like it because yeah. I, I. How long ago was it? You got there? Nineteen years ago. Two thousand one. Yeah, nineteen years ago. Um, but. I like it because I like Vince McMahon as a businessman. You look at what he's done with the WWE and then what's the AEW. I, I know they try to, you know, make it a different league, but I, I'm sure he has his hand in that in that pot yeah. drastically. Right. But, yeah, man, I, I like it. I like what direction it's going in, and, and I'm excited to see what Cardell continues to do. I mean, he's like Spence said, he's been yeah. the face of this thing for the next 10 years, and yeah. it'll be beautiful. I mean, he has the, the great personality for what's going on right now, right. I'm telling you. I think he's going to do some great things. Um, but speaking of quarterbacks, man, I want to talk about some of these quarterbacks in the NFL, yeah, man. Yeah, we got yeah. some big-time, big-time quarterbacks who may be hanging it up, maybe getting another shot at, 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 a, at a different uniform after 16 years. You know, we don't know what's going to happen, but it's uh, it's a lot shaking up right now, man. Yeah, we, in we've NFL. never been in a space in the NFL to where we've had question marks, this many question marks, with the quarterback stars of the league, mm-hmm. right? Um, and, and those quarterbacks being Drew Brees, there's a question mark on what, what's he going to do with his future? Is he going to uh, is he going to hang it up? Is he going to retire? I know you know the the the, the New Orleans Saints would love to keep him down there because he's been phenomenal, but is he going to retire? Then you look at Tom Brady, him being a free agent. And I know everybody was in a frenzy with the the commercial that came out, right. uh, the Hulu commercial, and right. everybody thought that that was a sign that you know he was leaving New England, but. Right. Is he going to leave New England? Right. He is testing free agency. What's that going to look like? Then you got the situation that just came down a couple of days ago. Phillip Rivers and the Chargers agreeing to part ways. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know that we've been in a space in the league to where we've had that many question marks with the stars. And those guys have been stars, like we said, for 10-plus oh. years. And I don't care what anybody says about Phillip Rivers. I saw this on ESPN the other day. I'm agreeing with, with Greeny. I personally think Phillip Rivers is a Hall of Famer. I think when you look at his numbers and you look at what he's been able to do, they've been phenomenal. Yeah, he hasn't been able to win, and the playoff success hasn't been there. But in terms of pure, good-ass quarterback, that's been Phillip Rivers. And I know yeah. there's a lot more that goes into it. And we put a lot of onus on the quarterbacks when in, terms of, in terms of you know winning championships and what they're able to do. But when you look at his numbers, they're there. I mean, you got to look at it this way. Obviously, the guy has played 16 years. And not just uh, not just been on the team. He started, right? You know, I mean, it was a three overall pick or something like that. Yeah. So, so this is a guy. Now, it's crazy because I feel like, to a extent, a guy that plays fifteen, 
15 years, you should automatically almost be in the Hall of Fame, especially if you <laughs> start, man. Because it's like, dude. Nah, like, I ain't saying that. I ain't not completely saying that, but right. but you can think about like, bro, he's been a starter for 16 years. You know what I'm saying? He's, he's been to the playoffs. He's been to the Pro Bowls. He's been – only thing he ain't done is been, won a Super Bowl. Right. You know, obviously – He's going to play. He wants to keep playing. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's another guy that has a ton of kids. He does. <laughs> Somebody going to give him an opportunity, I believe. Oh, absolutely. But you know what's crazy? When you look at Phillip Rivers and you look at Eli Manning, mm-hmm. Eli Manning decided to retire, right? If that shit never transpires in New York or in New York where Phillip Rivers and Eli Manning, Eli Manning's drafted and said, you know what, I'm not going to San Diego, and you got – Phillip Rivers in New York. I think New Phillip York Rivers wins more championships yeah, than they already rings. won. Yeah. I really do because I think Phillip Rivers is a better quarterback. I don't know many people that would disagree that Phillip Rivers isn't a better quarterback than Eli Manning. I agree wholeheartedly that he is. And I think the New York Giants would have been much further along um, and more consistent with Phillip Rivers than Eli Manning because we haven't seen that that teeter-tot and that dip and mm-hmm. play with Phillip Rivers as we've seen with uh, Eli, and then, hell, the weapons that he's had hasn't been anything close. I'm sorry, I'm spitting all over the place. Hasn't been anything close <laughs> to what, uh, see w- w- with, uh, what Eli had in New York. You're right. Uh, What's your thought on that? You, you think, uh, who would you rather take? <sighs> yeah, Eli won two Super Bowls. But. Yeah, but at the same time, Eli had weapons, bro. He did. He had some weapons. And, um, he had a young, fresh plaques. Well, I wouldn't say young, fresh. When plaques left... Pittsburgh, but he was still young, yeah. Man, he had tight shock with Shockey. Oh, yeah. Running backs. Bro, running backs galore. Man, so he had everything. <laughs> he everything that you would want and good defense. Yeah. The defense was, yeah. They had you got OC Manure. Yeah. You got Michael Strahan. Come on, Tuck. Man. man, he had so many weapons Antron on both Rowe, sides of the like, ball. So, so if you put Phil over there, he, you got a good argument. He, yeah. he, he may have won more than, uh, than Eli, yeah, man. yeah. So I don't know, man. But it's just gonna be funny to see like where he lands though, because it's like, like what spot fits yeah, for him. What what's a good fit for him? Because you got so many young guys who have taken over. I mean, you got the Russell Wilsons. You right. got the um, name some these quarterbacks, man. You got I mean, you got Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson. I mean, you got a bunch of young guys that are taking over this league. Um, we can't forget about Patrick Mahomes. I mean, yeah. the reigning Super Bowl MVP. But if I'm Phillip Rivers and if I'm the Miami Dolphins, you know what I'm doing? This draft, I'm going taking Tua. Tua's banged up with a hip injury. And they say he's healing the best that you could ever heal. All right, so I'm taking Tua. Tua, come here. Learn sit from you his down. OG. Yeah. You're going to sit you down behind Phillip Rivers. Phillip, come here. You got one or two more years left in you. Come, take us to the playoffs. Make us look good, but while doing so, groom my young guy. And we had Cardell Jones on the podcast a couple of times. Cardell is enamored and has the utmost respect for Phillip Rivers mm-hmm. in the way that he prepares. And he talked about how much of a leader he was and how much better he made him in terms of analyzing and looking at the game. Mm-hmm. That's the guy I want if I'm the Miami Dolphins. Hey, I go look at him real quick and I say, all right, what can you do for us? You could be a GM. But or yes. shit. I mean, even if you don't want him at the Dolphins, you go and look at Okay, the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm still taking my quarterback, number one, Mm -hmm. but I got this veteran guy that I can bring this young guy in, whether he's number one or what, and I can kind of allow him to be groomed. 
Like, that's the ultimate situation. I get the, a, a young quarterback, I'm drafting him in the first round, and I get a future Hall of Famer mm-hmm. to bring him in. That's still good, by the way. We ain't talking about Phillip Rivers being chopped liver. Yeah, He's still in the top 20 quarterbacks in the league. Mm-hmm. So he can groom whoever I get. I'll do that in a heartbeat. Yeah, In a heartbeat. And then you look at other situations, too. I mean, you look at the same deal with Tom Brady. Yeah. What's that situation going to look like? Where is he going to go? I, I personally don't see him going anywhere other than New England uh, just because it's been such a match made in heaven. But He, it's he been might to- be going to San Diego. <laughs> San Diego. He's a California guy. So what would that yeah, look like? I mean, not San Diego. It's in L.A. now. So, yeah, I mean, LA, but yeah, you know, he lives in L.A. Yeah. Um, but you hear talk about, you know, the Dallas Cowboys and, you know, them potentially that won't happen. making a trade and – Somehow or another, Dak Prescott landed in New England. That would be the worst thing for Dallas because Dak Prescott would go to New England and win a bunch of Super Bowls, and the dynasty will continue for the New England Patriots. That, I pray, doesn't happen because I don't want to continue to see that right there. Right. Yeah. I agree with you. I mean, there's there's so many situations with with quarterbacks in the league, and it's just wild, man. It's wild because I never thought – I I mean, I I knew at some point we'd get to this space, but – I've been a football fan playing and watching for so long, and since I've really been zoned in, these have been the guys. Drew Brees, Tom Brady, um, Phillip Rivers, Peyton Manning, um, a bunch of those guys, and now we're watching them kind of be at the back end, and some of them have already transitioned out. TV, they're going to TV, they just retire. That's wild, man. It it, it lets you know you're getting old. Yeah. We're getting old. I seen something. I don't know where they were golfing at, but I seen something where all these – all the quarter, quarterbacks was golfing the, all together. Right, Marino was in that yeah, bunch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Peyton was in that bunch. I don't know where they was at, but it, it looked like a good-ass time. Brett Favre. <laughs> I remember Peyton come. I remember watching the interview, and Peyton come out saying, man, I got to play um, golf with some of my favorite quarterbacks. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah man, that's it's, it's wild, man. That's and cool. Is Eli Manning a Hall of Famer to you guys? I, I, I got I to get some vocals. Colin, is Eli Manning a Hall of Famer? I know you're a young buck. But is Eli a Hall of Famer to you? Yeah, I'd say so. I'd say so. Spence, are you saying Eli's a hauler? Yeah. Boom? Yeah. I, I got beans. You heard what I just said. Eli's a guy that had, that played, what, 16 years? And you give a guy 16 Man, years and start. two Super Bowls. And two Super Bowls. All right. <laughs> I'm going to make Eli's Hall of Fame case for you. Top 10 passing yards all time. I don't care what era you play in. Hall of Fame. Where's he at in his top ten interceptions too? <laughs> yeah, okay. Then I'll give you more. I'll go more. Hey, Phil, I'll go more. Phil, right up there two, with him though. Two Super Bowls, right? Against the greatest dynasty of all time, mm-hmm. that can't be discounted. He, his two, his right. only two Super Bowls came against the greatest quarterback of all time. And I get that, like they only scored seventeen points and twenty one in each of the games, <laughs> and like the defense was insane. But like, it doesn't matter. Those right. are two Super Bowls. Like Terry Bradshaw has four, and he was never. The, the best thing about that team. Yeah, that's the crazy thing, too, when you look at back in those days. Oh, yeah, but if you like look at it, <laughs> right. Eli's the exact same way. I think mm-hmm. Eli is kind of like a Terry Bradshaw, except right. he's got more passing yards. Mm-hmm. I'd agree. Oh, by the way, if his coach wasn't a dumbass and benched him for one game, he would have the all-time lead for most consecutive games played, and he's a quarterback. Mm. Like, I know that they get protected. I mean, I get it there, I, but I know damn. they get protected more, but, like, he's an Iron Man. Mm. Yeah, he is, but... <sighs> and if you want to talk about football... The game of football since 2000, you have to talk about Tom Brady and Eli Manning because the only guy to, to be able to consistently beat Tom Brady in the Super Bowl is Eli Manning. Mm-hmm. You cannot talk about football in the 21st Spence, century. You make a good you Eli make Manning. a good case and all that, but like <laughs> give him hell, his jacket, 
Give him his jacket. He's going to get that jacket. I just think, man, that the awful years, in my mind, and are so at the forefront more so than the Super Bowl years. I mean, because you look at Eli, and it's New York, because that's a team we talk about all the time, right? He's Peyton Manning's little brother. So I he's going to get say, a lot of eyes on him. It's like, come on, like, bro, what are you doing? I was just about to say, another thing you got to look at, he, his last name is Man. Man. <laughs> hey, hey, you know who Eli had to pass to get to the all-time interceptions league? His brother? No. Philip? Brett Favre. Is Brett Favre a Hall of Famer? Absolutely. Brett Favre was a monster, though, man. Come on, <laughs> like you, Brett. That's not even. That's not even the comparison. But between your those argument two. against me was the interception. That wasn't the entire argument, but <laughs> boom, come, you like heard Brett it. Favre is a different you heard animal. It, hey, hey, Brett Favre had his own what? jeans in Walmart. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> what do you? What do you got? What stat you got for us, Colin? Right there. Uh, just. If I'm reading this correctly, it looks like Eli's only 12th in career interceptions. Only 12th? Yeah, he's behind Peyton and Brett. Oh, and Marina. Man, I don't know. Maybe it's <laughs> just, just, just total turnover or something. I don't know, man. I don't know. Moving along. Moving along, man. Uh, talking about more in the league and, and those quarterbacks, man. It, but it, real quick, but it's just going to be so crazy that we've come to a point and those guys are gone and we're ushering in a new regime uh, and, and a, a new time of new quarterbacks in the league. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's beautiful. All those guys are great. Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes. Russell Wilson has been here. Mm-hmm. Dak Prescott, I don't care what anybody says, Dak Prescott is a damn good quarterback. Mm-hmm. So I don't care what anybody says and how they try to portray him. It's a lot of great young quarterbacks in this league, and I think the league is in good hands, mm-hmm. um, as it always has been and as it always will be. You know, guys retire, new guys come in and, mm-hmm. you know, get, uh, gain that star power. Um, but I, I, don't, I know you've seen our boy, Miles Garrett, you're reinstated. Yeah. I was happy about that. Yeah. Spence, big time. Si- Spence sit here – Sits here and tries he's a, to say that he's a Pittsburgh oh, Steelers fan. He should have been suspended much longer. Spence, <laughs> you're a Pittsburgh <laughs> fan, so we can't take what you say <laughs> seriously when it t- we're talking about somebody from the Browns. Hey, we're not going to do it. We are ap- not going to do it. He man. apologized. He did his. Let time. the man back and play. <laughs> Don't try to keep him out in any more uh, games. You want him to be suspended for half the season coming into the no, 2020. No, no, no. Just, no. He don't want him to play no more at all. Exactly. Let him be, please, man. <laughs> Let right. my Browns. I got to defend myself. Something. What I said was, if this happened in any game before game 10, they still would have suspended for the entire season. So I think it's unfair to say it's suspended indefinitely when everyone just knew it was six games. They should have just gave him a set amount of games. If it was six games, I would have been fine with it. But to say indefinitely, no bullshit. You just suspend him for the rest of the season. So all I said was give him either four games, six games, eight games, ten games. I don't care put what it was. It. Put a number on it. So that way you don't have to say, well, hey. the season's over. It's a new year. Let's reinstate it. So it should have been either six games or eight games. If you cut Spence right now, I'm almost positive yellow is probably going to come out <laughs> his arm. And if you bust his nose, it'll be black. So, do, you, do you get where so I'm coming from? I get where you're coming from. I do. But you're a Steelers fan. Be. Any other week of the season before week 10, they right. would have given him a set no, number. No, they, they, they would have. I mean, and I think it's wrong because now if a guy does that in week 14 in three years, how do you justify saying you're suspended eight games because all you did for him was six games, but you actually said it was the rest of the season, hey, so it but sounds I, I, I hard. Think, perfect timing. How about but, that? No, but, but I think yeah, you- exactly. It was perfect. <laughs> and I just don't agree with the NFL's philosophy of like, well, it doesn't matter. It's like, well, you're suspended for the rest of the season, so that sounds better than a set amount of games. No, it doesn't because if you think that another guy does something just as bad and it's in week two, and you say, oh, he suspended eight games. People are going to be like, well, why wasn't it for the rest of the season? But I think you got to judge one on – people always sit here and say, you know, the punishment should be standard across the board, which 
In most cases, I, I do agree with that. But in this situation, it was a melee on the football field. There were a bunch of guys involved in the situation. Yes, Miles Garrett did the more egregious act with taking off his helmet or just swinging a helmet and hitting a guy in the head. But I don't think that's him. And I think when you sit with Roger Goodell and you understand him as a person, Miles Garrett, you know that, all right, this isn't one of those trouble guys. This was a situation to where anybody in their right mind could have lost your cool because, like I said, there's a melee. There's a bunch going on. You got a bunch of guys with a bunch of testosterone. He made a bad decision, a bad mistake. We suspend him for and- a different amount. We bring him in. We, we we talk about it. We make sure this guy does everything he has to do off the field. You prove to me that you're going to be more productive and you're going to be more mindful and the things that you do off and on the football field, and then, all right, I agree. We sit I, here. I actually agree with six games. I think six games was perfect. So why are you complaining so much? My big deal is, like, if it was week nine <laughs> right. and they gave him six games, mm-hmm. they would have just said, well, we might as well suspend him the rest of the season. Then it would have been seven games. So they should have just put a number on it. So that right. way people actually knew but I think it was so new. what it was. We haven't seen does anything that, like does this. Does that make sense? No, 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 no I get it. I'm just messing with you. Yeah. You know, I, I'm going to defend myself. Right. <laughs> right. No, 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 no. Hey, we just giving you a hard time because you're a Steelers fan. Right. But I, and, and I get that 100%. But I think it was so new and we hadn't seen anything like it transpire in the league that they didn't probably know how to handle it. There's going to be situations that you don't know how to handle. The Ray Rice situation, the league was shook, had no idea how to handle it. And then you go back and you look at how they handled the Greg Hardy deal. In a lot of people's mind, that situation was botched. So, you know, I kind of get and sympathize with the league in this situation, especially when you look at the character of a guy. And I don't believe Miles Garrett is one of those uh, malicious individuals, just mean and nasty dude. It was, like you said, a hostile environment. Some shit happened. It went down. And he lost his cool. He apologized and everything. Yeah, so. It happens. Fortunately enough, you know, nothing happened to uh, Mason Rudolph worse than, you know, him getting a knot on his head. But, but hey, he lost a lot of money. Yeah, no, he you definitely know. did. And nobody – I mean, some people got hurt, but they didn't get seriously hurt. And he'll so. make it up, though. He's Miles Garrett. Miles yeah. Garrett is one of those guys that's going to be a stable in the league for a long time. Yeah, for sure. Um, for sure. But, Spence, you might want to hop back on this, man, real quick. There was an apology made. By, by your guy, your guy, your Antonio guy. Brown to Big your Ben team. Roethlisberger, not and him guy. saying, <laughs> <laughs> not but guy. him saying, you know what? I never realized how good I had it been. I'm sorry. Um, you know, things were great. You know, I had to be on the outside looking in to appreciate you, and now I appreciate you. So, with that being said, with that apology, so so before you got here, mm-hmm. we talked about this a little bit. Right. I said, Spence. So if AB, y'all had an AB. Y'all had the opportunity right now to sign the Tony. That's what Brown. I was giving action. After the apology and all that. All right, hey. So give it. No. All right. <laughs> you guys ready for this? You ready for this? Okay. You guys were really good football players in high school. Mm-hmm. And with good football players, certain people want to be around good football players. Right. You were a first round pick. Mm-hmm. How many people contacted you once they realized, oh, he could football at Ohio State that weren't really talking to you in high school? And then how many people started talking to you again when you were a first round pick? A lot of people. So Antonio Brown has this insane fall from grace. He's this this monster to the media and everything. And now all of a sudden it's like, oh man, I'm so sorry. I'm trying to get back in the league. You were right. But I was still wrong. Antonio Brown, and he's still good as hell. Okay, so like, I I, I can't make this analogy. Oh, <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say? Right, all kinds it. of people coming at you like, right. I'm sorry. I right, should have right, hung right. out with you more because you want something. Because you need something. You need back in this league. Right. And so like. And who are you going to go to? You're not going to go and say, like, I'm sorry, Mike Mayock, because he's just kind of like a GM. Right. You're going to say, I'm sorry, Ben. You're one of the 
biggest names in the league. I'm sorry. You're seeing how sorry I am. And, like, I've I've been on board to saying Antonio Brown has issues that he shouldn't play football again because I think his brain can't take it anymore. <coughs> I think there's a CTE element to him. Mm-hmm. I, I truly do. And I don't – I didn't play like you guys did. But, like, the hit with Vontez Perfect in the playoff game, before that hit, he was a good teammate and he had the chest up, eyes up, prayers up uh, foundation that he ran and he was good in the community. And after that, he began to talk bad about Roethlisberger and he pulled Le'Veon Bell toward talking bad about Roethlisberger and it kind of tore the offense apart and the entire organization apart, really, because there was two sides. And like I think that hit had a lot to do with it. I don't think he should play football again because I just think mentally he should look at his future. But... But if he's going to try and apologize, Ben Roethlisberger is the perfect place to start. Right. With that being said, you don't believe he should play football again if he is back reinstated and, you know, teams want to sign him. If you're Pittsburgh, would you still say? No. no. So because, like – You don't believe that – you don't like, believe it would be better. The GM, Kevin Colbert, there's an old saying with the Steelers, and you guys probably heard it when you mm-hmm. were playing and stuff. You're, you either want to get paid or you want to be a Steeler. Like, there's that saying in Pittsburgh, like – you there's a steel, like the Steelers mentality. James Ferrier signed for less. Uh, Larry Foote signed for less back in when they were winning Super Bowls. Right, but they also set precedent too. But like with we guys. and like we don't. And then they they started to hand out money to guys, and then all of a sudden they start. They had a couple divas on the team, right. and they're like, but I think they kind of learned their lesson a little. Mm-hmm. They're not going to do that again. The guys they pay now are like Cam Hayward, and uh, and when they used to when they paid Ben like. Ben kind of got his act together after he was a dick for right. so many years, and they're like, okay, now we'll pay him again. Like Ben was still a dick they're not, for last. Yeah, they're not going to start. They're not going to start trying to sign these kind of guys again. I just but, like I think they learned their lesson, and this GM, they just re-signed him, and he's not about even making right. any sort of amends. I like Kevin Cole. With I, mean, I think he's a, a phenomenal. He's a GM. savvy guy, he, he, and he's not going to mess with talent. He's not going to mess with AB. Yeah, and it probably wouldn't because they don't want that. that that culture back in their locker room. I mean, but the story would be so good oh, if yeah, A.B. really got himself together, went back to his Pittsburgh, did his thing, and they ain't winning the Super Bowl. And I wonder how true it was last year when you talked about – when you heard rumors that um, the Pittsburgh Steelers were thinking about trading for Le'Veon Bell. That would have been beautiful too, man, to, to watch him go back there. Um, I really wonder too, man. I heard he's th- getting traded though. Le'Veon? I just heard that the other day. Oh, man, I think he's going to go to waste in New York. I absolutely believe that. I think he'll go to waste in New York. Maybe New York is one of those places that'll try to get Tom Brady or Phillip Rivers because the quarterback they have now is not getting it done. I don't think he will. He's seeing ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> but is that that wrap on the show, man? We, we got any more we need to, to hit on? We hit, I, I think on, a lot, we hit on a lot today, yeah. man. We gave you a lot of info, a lot of yeah. our insight. More We're so going to save for next info, week, man. But, you know, but we'll uh, we'll come back next week. We'll chop it up, and we'll be a little late next week. We'll probably come in on a Friday next week because that's when we'll be getting back from the Buckeye Cruise. Um, appreciate you guys tuning in. Appreciate you guys listening. We are back, and we will get back. We will indeed get back to having regular guests. And when we're on a Buckeye Cruise, what we're going to try to do is we're going to try to you know, get some few hits and snippets from people um, to bring back on the show um, this year, man. So appreciate it. Thanks a lot. It's a wrap.